the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, ready to get at it again. It's a Wednesday, middle of the weekday. We are closer to Friday than we were on Monday, and that is a good thing. Uh, let me do a little house cleaning here before we get going into the show. I will not be here next week. Next week uh, we'll have uh, a group of uh, special guests in to fill in on the show. On Monday, Robert Steinbach is uh, going to be uh, joining us and in, in, in talking to us. Uh, see, on Wednesday, Alan Kerr will be here. Thursday, it's going to be uh, Ken Yang. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, State Senator uh, Kim Hammer will be in. And uh, then I'll be back on the following Monday. Uh, We leave uh, Saturday, Little Rock Tours, and uh, all the folks going on the the trip will all leave at about 8 o'clock in the morning, make our ways uh, to the northeast. And uh, Monday will be our first stop at a place where we're going to visit, and that will be the battlefield at Gettysburg. So we're looking uh, forward to that. And then during the rest of the week, we're going to be uh, in Amish uh, uh, territory in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We'll be heading up to uh, Sight and Sound in Lancaster, where the original Sight and Sound was started. They've got their production going there of David. We're going to go see that. Uh, We're going to uh, leave that area after visiting couple of the farms there in uh, in Lancaster having one of those great Amish meals that they they serve in that area and uh, on the way back we'll stop in uh, Philadelphia we'll go to Constitution Hall we'll go to the uh, museum about uh, the Bible and uh, Christianity and the part that it played in the founding of America Harper's Ferry where John Brown led a revolt and we'll uh, talk about uh, that with uh, the folks that are traveling with us. I've not been to Harper's Ferry. I've uh, gone by it a few times, so this will be my first time to see the site. The, the site includes like the uh, uh, the fort that finally was burned down uh, during the attack uh, by John Brown and his followers, and uh, they took that for a while, and then. Uh, the uh, troops were able to get it back, but they had uh, there's over a hundred thousand uh, pieces of military equipment there, and they had they were going to use that to uh, 
give to people in the area and then wage a guerrilla war uh, from up in the hills around uh, the ferry. So we're going to we're going to do that. Looking forward to that as well. So um, I'm looking forward to going back to Constitution Hall. That place really um, it, it touches you when you're there just because, you know, that's where all the men were that saw, uh, signed the Constitution and uh, made their decisions uh, to bet uh, their livelihoods and uh, their lives on making America, you know, making the colonies at that time a, a new country uh, in the world and uh, starting uh, the Revolutionary War. Uh, you know, it's a interesting interesting place to go you love you'd love going to see that declaration of independence and talking about it and everything else that happens uh at uh, that facility and there's a lot of other things right around it also i get a cheesesteak i very i very seldom get to have a cheesesteak other than when i get up into philadelphia and let's see last time i was there it's six years, seven years ago, so we're looking forward to, Linda and I are looking forward to going and taking uh, that on. All right, so uh, I was looking here uh, today, and uh, Maria Navitalova, you remember her, Wimbledon champion, uh, um, you know, openly gay. Bobby Riggs defeated him, and uh, she came out yesterday and said that uh, she could not believe that the uh, NCAA allowed the University of Pennsylvania to uh, put up Leah Thomas. That's the uh, the guy who identifies as a woman and had been on the men's swim team for three years and his last uh, year, his senior year, decided that he wanted to swim as a woman and uh, ended up... Uh, being told that he could do that and he set all kinds of records records and all kinds of stuff i think here over the next few years you're going to see many of those records wiped out of the record books because um, you know people know better than to think that that we're talking about real men uh, maria criticized the ncaa and the University of Pennsylvania for nominating the transgender swimmer Leah Thomas to be, quote, woman of the year, unquote. Uh, Navitalova, as I was just saying, is a member of the LGBT plus community, has been a vocal critic of the NCAA for allowing Thomas, a biological male, to compete against women and to dominate the competition field. She said that uh, not enough fabulous biological women athletes in CAA. What is wrong with you? That was a Twitter she put out, a tweet. Uh, in, Lo- in the Los Angeles Times in 1985, uh, Maria Navitalova bristled at the suggestion made by Evitis Gerolitis that she wouldn't stand a chance against the world's uh, number 100 ranked men's player that eventually helped uh, spawn the challenge 
12 months later, but now even after teaming with Pam Shriver to win the challenge, Navotilova has conceded the obvious. Quote, I know I would lose to a man. Mike uh, Estep, my coach, still beats me. There's no way for me to compete. The men are quicker. They're stronger. I take it as a compliment that people even wonder how I would do. If Navatilova could pick the opponent and the surface, she said she might be able to beat a man maybe one out of 10, one out of 20 times. And uh, from the Los Angeles Times, UPenn must have forgotten that in order to qualify for the NCAA Women of the Year Award, one must actually be a woman. There is nothing brave about competing against people whom you have a biological advantage over. Shame on them for nominating Leah Thomas. And then finally, uh, Brandon Tatum from the uh, from uh, Daybreak, uh, which is a um, Salem group, said that there is a special qualification in God-given abilities for certain species or not certain species, but certain humans called women. You don't get to just fabricate your way into being a woman. There are unique traits about women that God created that you cannot fabricate. Show some respect. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean you get to come out and say, I feel like a woman, so I'm going to be a woman today. And I, you know, I, I go along with that. I've been saying that now. Uh, for several years since they've taken uh, this issue up uh, in America. Now, the dictionary has changed their definition of female. In the uh, uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary, uh, this from National Review, Merriam-Webster's online dictionary has caved to the trans agenda in order to appease woke activists The dictionary publisher has added a secondary definition of female that defines the term as, quote, having a gender identity that is the opposite of male, unquote. The key term here is gender identity, which demonstrates that Merriam-Webster maintains that gender is not directly connected to sex. A female is a woman. Trans-identifying males are not female. However, according to trans activists, men can be a woman. And uh, this is not the only part of the definition that has changed in the online edition. Notice the primary definition of female of relating to or being the sex that typically has the tip, uh, the capacity to bear young or produce eggs in Merriam-Webster's 10th edition. Uh, The uh, dictionary has defined the noun female as of relating to or being the sex that bears young or produces eggs. The change in the online edition to include the phase typically has the capacity shows the dictionary's attempt to include trans identifying males in the definition of female. While the phrase, the phrase may refer to women who cannot bear children due to infertility, given their nod to gender identity in defining the word female, it is most likely another way to appease the trans community. And then 
Uh, Matt uh, Walsh from the Daily Wire sent out a tweet saying, It was bound to happen. Merriam-Webster has changed its dictionary definition of female to appease trans activists. And that's what the left does. The left changes the definition of words or replaces one word for another word that supposedly uh, has the definition of the word they were thinking above about or they just expand the word out and we're supposed to just take it and start using that definition well i'm hoping that you and i and others will not allow that to occur all right 618 on a uh, a wednesday it's good to have you here with us on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about David Lucas Financial and what they got, what he's got going on for you. Uh, right now, because of inflation, a lot of people are trying to figure out how do you, you know, how do you protect your nest egg? How do you protect that that money you've put aside uh, for uh, the ability for your retirement? And one of the ways to do that, of course, is to uh, having a percentage of uh, precious metals like silver or gold uh, in your nest egg that uh, is going to go up in in uh, worth over the time and make up for some of the losses that you're going to have uh, with uh, paper money or stocks and things of that nature. And what David Lucas would like you to know is how to go about buying silver or gold i mean seriously what do you do do you do you buy it in in coin do you buy it in ingot uh do you buy it in a a certificate uh are all of them got the same amount of risk or do uh, some risk more than others uh call him at 501-222-3315 and they'll help you learn more about uh, buying silver and gold. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, which means you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. Call David Lucas Financial, 501-222-3315. Investment advisory uh, services are offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, we continue on Dave Ellswick's show on a Wednesday. It's going to be exceedingly hot today, be a high of about 103, be a uh, heat index is, uh, in, in around the area somewhere between 109 and 111. So um, I just suggest that, you know, if you get out and you go running and things of that nature, that you do it in the cooler part of the day, not the hotter part of the day. Wait till the evening, let the sun go down a little bit, and then go out and uh, do some running. Make sure you hydrate yourself, um, of course, and uh, protect yourself from going out and and uh, getting overheated and getting some form of heat stroke or whatever. Well, the the left was out in full force yesterday showing that what they do is nothing more than, you know, circuses. I don't know if you've seen this yet. If you haven't, I'll post something on uh, my Facebook so you can see it. 
But police arrested at least uh, 16 House Democrats on uh, Tuesday for blocking traffic outside the Supreme Court during a planned, and uh, in, in quotes, civil disobedient abortion protest. Video footage uh, captured by uh, the Daily Wires uh, or the Daily Signals, Doug Blair and Bernadette Hassan, shows police escorting a smiling Democratic New York representative, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, away from the court as lively band music can be heard in the background. The New York Democrat holds her hands behind her back as if she's been handcuffed. I don't know if you've seen this or not. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then she lifts one fist as though she's like Houdini, right? And gets out of the out of the uh, uh, handcuffs. And she lifts, lifts, lifts up her, fi- her fist in the air, shakes it, and then again places her hands behind her back as if she's been handcuffed. Uh, a Twitterer, Greg Price, says... She pretends to be handcuffed, raises her fist in a salute, and then goes back to pretending to be handcuffed. I mean, this is what the left does all the time. Uh, they, you know, try to make it look like one thing's happening when it's absolutely not happening uh, at all. According to the insider, the members of Congress anticipated the possibility of getting arrested for blocking traffic at an intersection near the court. Capitol Police officers escorted lawmakers away from the intersection to process their arrest, according to multiple reporters at the scene. The officer arrested a total of 34 people, including 16 members of Congress according to the Capitol Police. So, you know, they're out there playing. I mean, let, let's talk about this for a moment. You've got inflation running rampant across the country at 9.1%, probably will be double digits by next month. And uh, you got that going on. you got gas prices that have, uh, you know, come down by about 50 cents a gallon over the last couple of weeks. But are going to go back up. Uh, let me let me make myself perfectly clear. That's going to happen. You're going to see it happen. You've got Russia producing more oil now than they did before the pandemic. You've got America producing less oil because of this administration's policies than they did before the uh, the the pan, uh, pandemic. Remember just a. Two years ago, when Trump was president, we were energy independent. But now the Democrats have decided that we need to push electric cars. Get out there and push those electric cars for $60,000. And you need to get out and buy one. To help you buy one, uh, they'll apply about $7,200. Uh, towards the purchase price, although Toyota has used so many of that uh, that that grant money that they can't do they can't take any more of it. So Toyota's out of the race right now. 
and uh, your uh, grocery prices continue to go up uh, because farmers, when they're out farming, um, are paying a double to triple uh, for fertilizer than what they paid a year ago. Diesel uh, is costing them, instead of $100,000 a year to keep their tractors running, uh, it's costing them $300,000 a year now uh, to keep the, that, that running. So you got all kinds of stuff uh, going on that are that's affecting your life on a daily basis and what are they zeroing in on gay marriage and uh on uh, abortion that's what they're zeroing in on all right we got a lot more to talk about we're going to talk about a constitutional uh like like sunday school but for the Constitution coming up in just a few moments. In the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking uh, with uh, Congressman uh, Hill and Congressman Westerman. They'll join us on the Dave Ellswick Show from D.C. 9 o'clock hour today, I, mean, I got a gentleman who's coming on. He does a great job of doing FOIA. And he's got all the necessary paperwork to show you that the mayor of Little Rock is um, on speed to spend uh, over $700,000 this year for his personal security. He'll leave you out on the streets, but not himself. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about a special event uh, that's going to be happening very soon. And uh, Jennifer is here to talk to us about it. Jennifer, good to have you here. You're having Constitution Camp. Is that correct? That's right. Move up on that microphone real close for me. And uh, let me just start the the, uh, interview off by how did this idea ever come to fruition? I mean, I heard last year when you did this, you had a great turnout. The kids loved it. It was a lot of fun. You got people that are dressed up like colonial heroes and things of that nature. Give us a rundown on this. Okay. So to answer your first question, I got the idea from our National Committee woman, Mindy McAlinden. Uh, she lived in Tennessee, and her she and a group of her friends did a one-day, half-day camp, Constitution camp. So she gave me the idea, and I just decided, well, let's do a week-long half-day camp. And so <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little extra. Okay. So so uh, that's what we did. And Cross Point Church graciously lent us their church, and they were fantastic. But um, it took me a while to find a venue, and by the time I did, we were three weeks away from school starting. Oh, wow. So I had to get the whole thing together, um, start from scratch, the whole thing together in two weeks, and we had over 70 kids attend. So, Fantastic. Yes, we were really grateful um, for that. Now, we already have over 100 kids registered this time. It is for You can s- still get in. Yes, you can. Registration closes tomorrow at midnight. Um, but this is for ages or grades 2nd through ninth entering second through ninth and yes as you said this is an opportunity for kids to learn about our wonderful country Um, they're going to learn about the declaration of independence the constitution the bill of rights and the federalists and the versus the anti-federalists and the the arguments between the two sure so but we're going to do it in a really fun and engaging way so the kids are going to be um, there are skits and the kids are going to learn about montesquieu 
John Locke, uh, Thomas Hobbes. They're going to learn about a social contract, natural rights, all these concepts that that our founders relied on when drafting our founding documents. But they're also going to be introduced to Leviathan, who, yes, is an inflatable dinosaur that shows up <laughs> with a, wielding a sword, uh, wreaking havoc as okay. an overgrown government does. All right, very good. This is this is fantastic. I I like what I'm hearing. Since you're doing Federalists and Anti-Federalists, are you going to have any kind of debate for a, a few moments between Madison and Monroe? Well, we are going to have the kids uh, doing crafts, so arts and crafts and activities. So it's not just going to be a lecture style. They are going to be doing some hands-on projects. And there is going to be a cut and paste. They're going to have the arguments, and they're going to have to align them up with the Federalists versus the Anti-Federalists. So they're actually going to learn and learn how to think. Um, And that's really what this is about. We're trying to teach the kids. We're giving them the framework through which to analyze our current events. So we're not going to be talking about current events. We're not going to be talking about Republican versus Democrat. We're going to give them the framework through which to analyze current events. Well, the Republican-Democrat big debacle that we've got going on right now didn't start until Lincoln was president anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, that, that's what we're looking for there. You're talking about the founding of the nation and the ideas that the founders grabbed hold of, correct? That's right. That's yes. important. Yeah, I guess you know that Saturday my Patriot Tour leaves from... Uh, Little Rock Tours, and we're going to Philadelphia. We're going to Constitution Hall. And uh, have you ever been? I have not, and I oh would love God, to go. Oh, my God, you've got to go. <laughs> yes, Now that you're doing this, you need to go and see it. Yes. Because I know that you're familiar, as most kids are from their, well, I don't know now, but <clears throat> in the history textbooks, they got the picture of all the founders standing there in Constitution Hall as they're signing the Declaration of Independence, uh, uh, bringing us a new nation. And you stand in that room, and they've, the desks are the same as they were then. Uh, I, they have taken down the King George model thing that's in back of them, because once they signed it, and they went out and told the people that they had signed this this piece of freedom's document, uh, they tore that down off the wall and took it and burned it there in Philadelphia. It was like three days of celebrations going on. It was crazy uh, in Philadelphia at that time. The The Liberty Bell is there outside in, in uh, uh, Constitution Park and uh, Freedom Park, I think it's called. And you can see the one that cracked when they first uh, forged it and things of that nature. It's really an impressive thing to go see. Plus, you can go see Benjamin Franklin's gravesite. That would be incredible. I would love to do that. I intend to do that and take yeah. my two daughters. I have uh, two, ages seven and, and five. And uh, and I would like to say that last year, my four, then four-year-old attended Constitution Camp. Oh, yeah. My girls go with me everywhere. And she said, even though she didn't understand everything that we talked about, she had so much fun. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> so they've that's been looking the key. forward to coming back. You made it fun so, for them. And yes. that's, that's super. I wish they would do more of this kind of stuff in the public school system. Yes. And uh, keep our kids uh, uh, appraised of... What they have is very, very unique. Yes. We, we need to instill in these kids an appreciation for what our founders have done and how God has blessed our nation um, if we intend to keep it because we all know it's spiraling downward. That's what Franklin said. 
what have you given us, Mr. Franklin? We gave you your Constitution if you can keep it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been times I've wondered yeah. if we're going to allow it to be kept. So tell me about this organization. Uh, I hadn't heard that there is a organization that is pushing uh, for teaching young people about you know, the Constitution, Bill of Rights, all of that kind of stuff. Well, it's not really. So I'm president of Slane County Republican Women, and we are the ones that are putting it on. And uh, so that's the organization that is hosting it. And my church, Geyer Springs Baptist Church, has graciously allowed us to use their facility. Bigger facility. Yes, bigger facility for more kids. That's (laughs) good. Yes. So um, I'm also a homeschool mom, and I'm an attorney. And so I have just taken my knowledge and created this um curriculum i'm excited homeschooling yes i'm i'm impressed with you already (laughs) i mean seriously this is this is true you're you're doing it right well i i'm tried to create something that i knew my girls would like and would learn from and i figure if they did then the rest of the kids would and so um i got only good feedback last year the kids really seem to enjoy it i also want to tell you about constitution store yeah. so this is another way that we motivate and incentivize the kids so um on our website which is where you can go to register there's also called memory work down the page and memory work for this year um, is the preamble to the constitution the bill of rights and the first i think it's 16 lines to the declaration of independence very cool and so the each one of those sections are allotted points and so when the kids come and say those from memory they earn stars that go on their lanyard and at the end of the week we count up their stars and those stars equate to points that can be cashed in at constitution store Uh for prizes this is a big deal the kids really enjoyed it they get into it huh yes so we have all kinds of fun things this year we have all the popular fidgets and poppets and gadgets that the kids love to play with and trade we also have things for the older kids like drones like not the big fancy ones but uh-huh. the ones that are kid friendly yeah uh, movie tickets uh gift cards so wow. there are a lot of things that give them a reason for learning yes and the, the entire day is just filled with competition and activity so the kids are moving we're also doing crafts patriotic crafts and so the kids will be making patriotic slime and uh there's another day where we're going to make um only because it's red white and blue but there's also a theme to it um and then uh another we're going to make uh our own declaration of independence um so we're going to make the parchment paper we're gonna apply a wax steel uh, i'm sorry wax seal tie it up so the kids will be doing a lot of fun things this is very cool and when is this going to be again this is next week july 25th through the 29th 9 a.m to noon and then on the last day friday it's a little different from the beginning of the week so we're all going to meet at the capitol for a guided tour by capitol staff okay Um, we do encourage the parents to stay last year most of the parents did stay and they really enjoyed it um after that after the tour is done we're all going back to Geyer springs for a big carnival and i have um water slides i have bouncy houses a snow cone truck big papa bubbles is coming so he has those 
big nets that blow those massive <laughs> bubbles. And new this year, okay. we have a dunking booth. And my husband, attorney Clint Lancaster, has okay. <laughs> been voluntold that he is going to be the one in the dunking booth. So okay. Are, are, now, are you going to make him dress up like, uh, you know, colonial times or something? Maybe he'll dress up as Montesquieu. Yeah, oh, we'll okay. <laughs> that would be very, very cool. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more with uh, Jennifer Lancaster talking about Constitution Camp. Hey, who said history couldn't be fun, huh? Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing to take good care of your roof. Uh, I talked with PI Roofing yesterday. I had a, a little problem showing up on my roof. I gave them a call. They're coming out to look at it today. And if there's something that needs to be fixed, they will fix it. And since they put my roof on not more than a couple of months ago, they'll fix it at absolutely no cost to me. So that's what's good about PI Roofing. They stand behind their work. And up in the Cabot area, of course, so many of us are getting roofs. I noticed that across the street, they're getting a roof put on their house now. The the guys were out there working early in the morning and then turned around, took off the afternoon when it was just frying out there. And uh, we're back at at it again at about 6 o'clock in the evening to finish up uh, the the roof that they were putting on my neighbor's home. So that's uh, what goes down uh, during the summertime when it's as hot as blazes outside uh, for these people that are roofers. And PI Roofing will take care of you. All you got to do is call them, 501-707-3551. That's 501-707-3551. Or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, Jennifer Lancaster, my special guest here for the rest of the half hour. Coming up in the next hour, we'll talk to Congressman uh, Hill. He'll join us at 7.05, 7.35. We'll talk to Congressman Westerman, who I was just talking to uh, to Jennifer about, uh, because I was talking about school choice, because she said she was homeschooled and, homeschooled and she's uh, homeschooling her daughters. And I'll let you talk about that just for a moment. And that's a big thing people are thinking i don't know if i can do it you know tell people they can do it oh you absolutely can do it and there are so many resources out there if you were to even begin looking into it you would be overwhelmed by the amount of resources Um, arkansas has a very large homeschool population and uh, i would encourage you if you are interested in it to begin by connecting with your local homeschool co-op i can tell you about com central which is the co-op that we're a part of it meets at gyre springs first baptist church once a week Mm -hmm. and it gives the is that traditional sense of a classroom as far as, you know, they're in there with other peers their age. Um, ours, my my seven-year-old is learning Latin. Um, oh, it is right. Christ-centered, Christ-based. Um, they provide you with the with the curriculum, with the exception of, I think, phonics, which I will promote Abeka. I think it has the best phonics program out there. Um, but you can pick and choose and decide what is best for your kids. And uh, I think a lot of parents think, oh, we have to do homeschool from eight to three. And that's really not the case, especially with younger kids. You can usually have your schoolwork done and two and a half to three hours um, because there's not a lot of the fluff. There's not a lot of the teacher being distracted by the student. There's not a lot of lining up and sitting down and bathroom breaks necessarily. You know, you're you can keep it very streamlined and organized and have it done in a matter of hours. So anybody can do it if you uh, care and are 
you know, diligent about it. Hey, if you want to know more about homeschooling, call Jerry Cox over at uh, Family Life. He'll he'll give you all the ins and outs about it. He's been involved in it uh, for decades, literally decades. All right, so let's get back to talking about Constitution Week and what you're doing for uh, second graders. If they're going into second grade this year or they're going into the ninth grade, I mean, it's that second third fourth fifth six seven eight nine uh going into those classes you'll want them to be part of this uh is there any cost where do they go what's the website give me all the the specifics all the details okay so you can register by going to the slane county republican women.com there's a tab up in the uh, upper right hand corner it's constitution camp 2022 you can find more information there and a registration link we do need that basic information of course name phone number, address, um, and you can pay the registration fee, which is $35 for the week. That's nothing. Um, uh, and so you can do that there. We are also still accepting sponsorships. So if anybody is interested in sponsoring, um, that can be done through that web page as well. Can you just give money to sponsor kids? Yes. And we, we encourage that because we have quite a few kids from um, Second Chance Youth Ranch who are attending. And so if anybody would like to sponsor those kids, we welcome that. You know about Second Chance Youth Ranch. They've been on my show several times. So, yeah, we uh, we get behind what they do down in Saline County do a lot of great work and so this is a lot of great work too because are you finding that you're teaching a lot of things that you wish that the school system would be teaching and they're not teaching any longer yes yes we are um we're really this is uh we're trying to teach the kids about our judeo-christian heritage um we want them to understand that we are a christian nation yeah Um, we they're going to learn about natural rights from on the very first day that our rights come from god and not the government and uh as such you know that is why that was the basis for which our tripartite system of government was created and a republic system of government not democracy mob rule which yeah, the is, people on my tour that are going Patriot Tour, when we go to Philadelphia, they're going to learn about that. There's a museum dedicated to what you're talking about right now. What part did Christianity, Judeo-Christianity, and I thank you that you used that terminology, uh, played in the founding of this nation? Because the left has been telling people now 40, 50 years that you know religion didn't play an active part in founding this nation and that is just not only false it's a lie yes that's true um because our our founders were christian and it was based on a christian uh, model um and and like i said we have our natural rights our rights come from god not the government the constitution many people use the phrase my constitutional rights and that's not accurate mm-hmm. you have god given rights protected by the constitution by the con- that's ex- and the constitution is a restraint this. on the government mm-hmm. and then the bill of rights came because the anti-federalists said hey Okay, you've got your constitution, but we want something to further protect and 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 basically uh, enforce the fact that these rights are not to be touched. They are from God. And one of my favorite early founders, Monroe, gotta love that man. You know, he just wanted. Hey, he understood just exactly what Jefferson understood. Jefferson said the you know the process of government is to grow. And it continues to grow to this day, 
It's still trying to grow, and it's trying to, uh, you know, not protect your Judeo-Christian rights, but to take them away from you. That's right, and that's where Leviathan comes in next week. All because right. Leviathan, as we uh, learned with uh, Thomas Hobbes, Leviathan is a biblical figure. Yeah. You know, we first learned about Leviathan in Genesis. It's a sea monster, and he compared it to the government. You ke- it keeps being fed, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. And this is where my our patriotic art projects come in. Because when we, so for example, with the slime, when you add the activator, it can keep growing and growing and oh, growing. Oh, wow. So we try to tie everything in. Um, but yeah, with the use of Leviathan, the dinosaur that the kids are going to see every week, we hope that they understand that, that the dinosaur doesn't need to be fed. Yeah, absolutely. Because it will keep growing, yeah, and then you it will feed be it, it keeps on growing. That's exactly right. All right, so give that website again. SlaneCountyRepublicanWomen.com. Okay, pretty easy. Yes. All right. And uh, if if they want to talk to you about anything, is there a phone number they can call? They can call 501-786-4117. All right, I've got it down. Um, you can probably even give a, a call out to my buddy Ken Yang, and I'm sure he knows the information as well and can direct you to the place. He's the chairman of the Republican Party down in Saline County. But I'm really, I'm really pleased that you've done this. I mean, this has been all basically on you, correct? I mean, you're the person who started all of this. Yes, and the the Slane County Republican women. Um, okay, we um, the the women are fantastic. They are very passionate about this. Very passionate about reaching kids because, of course, they are our future, and we're leaving this country to them. So I'm liking this. Congratulations on this. Well, this is really you. fantastic. Thank I, you. I appreciate you doing it. I uh, would hope that the parents in uh, Saline County would really appreciate this as well. Now, can somebody, let's say you live in Pulaski County, you want to bring your kid over, is that all right? Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. just making sure. I'm just making yeah. sure. Don't want to don't want to leave anybody out if we don't have to. Everyone is welcome, and parents are welcome to stay and watch if they want. So, Unlike public schools. Right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jennifer, for coming in. This Thank has you. been a pleasure, and, and it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for uh, what you do, what the Republican women down in Saline County are doing, and you all got two big thumbs up from me. Thank you. I all right. It. we got to take a break. Coming up in the next half hour, it'll be Congressman uh, French Hill, and then at the bottom of the hour, Congressman Bruce Westerman will join me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed this. Yep. And, uh...
right. Back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. And I was just, as we were talking, Jennifer mentioning the uh, Faith and Liberty Discovery Center uh, that we'll be going to on uh, Thursday in Philadelphia during our uh, our travels on the Patriot Tour, which we do uh, here at The Answer. And uh, it is uh, opened now. It was closed up because of COVID. It was supposed to be open for the last uh, couple of years, but now is open so you can get in and see, and see it. And that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Having problems with my Donald Trump stand-up. He doesn't want to stand up right now, so... I'll just kind of sit him like that. How's that for you folks that are on Facebook? You can see him. Looks like he's just right here next to me, sitting here, doing his thing. But what's exciting is what they're trying to do, and that is there's been so much misinformation about faith and how it's uh, you know so tightly tied to our liberty here in our country that they have actually built a museum so that you can go and you can immerse yourself in, you know, the Black Robe Brigade and all of that that you may not have never even heard about. And uh, just to let you know, Washington himself admitted without the Black Robe Brigade, he doesn't believe we'd have won the uh, Revolutionary War. These were... uh, uh, ministers, uh, pastors who, uh, you know, prayed for uh, the Continental Army and, uh, and, and told and, and, and preached to their congregations about liberty and, and what uh, our early founders were doing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to going to this. This is probably the, the big moment for me uh, is that museum. Now, Constitution Hall is always a big moment for me. I stand in that building, and I'm just telling you what, I get chill bumps. I, I just get chill bumps. To, to actually stand where that kind of history was made, and you can look, and if you, if you know your history a little bit, you can count the desks and stuff and, and, and see what, uh, what's, going, what's going on. I understand the congressman's waiting. We're going to get to Congressman Hill. But but he he wouldn't mind me talking about this, I'm sure. Congressman, how are you this morning? Dave, I'm doing great, and I'm so glad you brought up uh, religious liberty and the uh, awesome feeling it is to walk in Independence Hall. I feel the same way when I walk through the U.S. Rotunda, and there is Independence Hall and John Turnbull's famous 1824 painting. Yes! uh, You know, I just, uh, I'm with you, it's... uh, it's a touchstone, and I hope every American kid gets a chance to see it during their lifetime. I agree. I mean, uh, I love the musical 1776 because of yep. just the ending of it. At the end of that uh, of that musical, of course, they're signing. They're making they're signing, and uh, uh, you know, John Hancock, whose signature is the biggest, uh, he says he wants King George to know that he signed uh, the declaration and as they're talking a scrim now that that what is this that's a piece of material that you can see through and see what's happening still on stage the scrim comes down and it has the declaration of independence written on it and you look through that and it's that great picture of 
the, our founders signing that. They they look. They didn't know whether they were all going to hang together or they're going to win in the end on this. But they just knew they had to do something, and they started this great nation that we call the United States of America. It's just an, it gives me chill bumps just to talk about it. Amen. And uh, think, of, think of all the people that have had opportunity and freedom, not only in this country and all the generations since 1776 here, but the freedom we've exported around the world by our example and by our generosity and by our voice. I mean, it's and by our, the death and sacrifice of our soldiers. I oh, mean, my gosh. Absolutely. It's absolutely mind-boggling, and yet... Uh, uh, you know, we have so many people that run our country down, which just is heartbreaking to me. But I'm proud they have their First Amendment right to speak out. And, okay, uh, I'll I'll stand up for them any day of the week too. Absolutely. So I I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, the next time you get, yeah, I don't, you've never been arrested. I shouldn't say next time, uh, or if <laughs> if you're if you're ever arrested, don't you hope that you get arrested like uh, AOC does? Boy, what a slick deal that was. Uh, you know, this just shows you the the absolute hypocrisy, theater, and uh, ridiculousness of AOC. And what a fake uh, voice of protest in our society is. She goes over to the Supreme Court yesterday and uh, is standing in the wrong place at the wrong time against whatever the rules are over there. Right. Quote, arrested, you know. But she puts her hands behind her back like she's been handcuffed. Yep. And she's not for the cameras. And then when she walks away, she thinks she's out of camera sight. And she fist pumps, fist pumps uh, the audience. I mean, it just makes me sick Man. Uh, about it. I just, it's just, a, it's, uh, I don't know. It even gives protesting a bad name. <laughs> she really does. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I w- now, if they would have handcuffed her and uh, put her on the ground and uh, handcuffed her ankles together and picked her up and carried her, that would have been interesting. I could have. Uh, I might. I might would help them out a little oh, bit on that. I don't know. This just shows you the world, the social media we're world in, where every, everything is just uh, you know a, a brief photo image. It's not serious. It's not something that's got any weight or any ability to change the messaging or change the outcome. All right, so we have talked many, many times about the border situation. It continues to get worse. It does not even move towards uh, the side of getting better. And you got the D.C. mayor now, you know, crying in her uh, in her coffee about, I can't believe all these illegals they're sending up from Texas here to D.C. Well, you wanted them, we'll give them to you. Yeah, I mean, this was Greg Abbott's way to call attention to what Texans put up with every single day with their longest border, uh, where their their crops, their houses are uh, destroyed and broken into, where there's no law and order, where uh, their cities and towns are overrun along the Rio Grande Valley. He just wanted to let uh, Americans know what it looks like when you have a completely open border. What better place to demonstrate that than right here in the nation's capital, where this president and the Democrats in Congress have not proposed one thing, one thing, since January 20th, 2021, about how to secure the border. It's just the opposite. And uh, I, I didn't even see anything of measurable tone come out of uh, 
the meeting by the president with the uh, with the Mexican leadership. No, so, man, the Mexican uh, president was basically telling the, our president how it was going to be. Yeah, and so it's been that way, and as a result, we have the worst statistics on drugs, encounters, terrorists coming across the border, uh, and and also the humanitarian disaster of all these people marching towards the border, and then uh, the the uh, humanitarian disaster of all the people that have been released into the country by the Biden administration who don't have, uh, the, you know, a plan. And uh, I don't know. It's it's the worst I've seen. This is why I've called for Mayorkas, who's Biden's Homeland Security Secretary, to be removed from office. And this just shows you how out of touch Joe Biden is. If he were the commander in chief running the country, he would fire this guy and get somebody who knows what he's doing. But this tells you they, they don't care. This is fine with them, what's happening. That's what's sad for me. And well, they're going to, when the Republicans take the House back, they're going to pay a huge public relations price for that and to the extent we can legal oversight price on everyone who works in that department and everyone in that chain of command and and that's that's good i mean that's the way it should be that's what you're supposed to do and uh, i just want as much transparency as possible uh when you put these people up in front of committees so that people can see what they have and have not been doing it's more of a have not than uh, of having that they're doing as far as that's concerned the congressman's going to be with us to the bottom of the hour i got to get a break in when we come back let's talk about what are the democrats zeroing in on i mean when i talk to my friends they're talking about gas prices and food prices those are the two topics they're talking about That's not what the Democrats are talking about. In fact, that's not even what they're voting on. Let's talk about that when we return. Our guest is Congressman French Hill from the 2nd District. He'll be with us to the bottom of the hour. Don't forget about ICU protection and uh, our good friend Billy Mack. Billy Mack uh, is the owner. He wants you to give him a call. He wants you to, to talk to him about how do you protect your house. Look. Crime in uh, Little Rock is exponentially up. It's If you live out west, if you live up in the heights, you got problems in those areas just as well as you have downtown. And uh, crime has moved out into the suburbs. You need to give yourself a layer of protection so that your house is protected. And if you have a business, you need to protect your business so that when you show up in, uh, for work in the morning, nobody's broke in over the nighttime and uh, taken uh, a lot of your product. Uh, make sure you get the door and window sensors, get the doorbell cameras, get some other cameras that you need so that you can see what's going on around your home in real time because it it shoots this video to you if it detects somebody or something uh, and and gets it on your smartphone so you can see what's happening talk to billy mack today Uh, i've uh, now had him on uh, my house uh, watching my house for a little over two months and they've done a superlative job it's been absolutely fantastic all you have to do is call them 501-205-1333 is their number if you want to stop by and visit with them they're on chestnut street in conway they're on east keel avenue in sherwood and remember this you pay for the service 
but not for the hardware. And that's for your home or your business. Pay for the service and not for the hardware. 501-205-1333. That's ICU Protection. All right, let's continue on with uh, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, the Democrats, you would think everybody understands that it's about gas prices and it's about food right now and food prices that everybody's talking about, uh, Congressman. But uh, the Democrats, they're they're just trying to pander to their base. So yesterday we had their vote on uh, gay issues, and I guess they're going to have a vote on abortion issues as well. They're not even paying attention to the number one and number two things that people are most, uh, you know, worried about. No, this has been uh, going on uh, all year as the inflation crisis has gotten worse and as uh, the border situation's gotten worse, as our challenges internationally have gotten worse, the Democrats have just put bill after bill on the floor that speak to their base primary voter, and uh, they are not focused on the issues of the American people. And I think that's absolutely why Joe Biden's at 33% approval rating. And I think it's why, uh, again, people are so frustrated because they don't see the Congress addressing these actual challenges that our families face every day. Yeah, it really is amazing to me when you consider that he is lower right now than either Obama or Trump were in their entire time as president. Well, it's worse than that. I mean, he's approaching where Richard Nixon was in August of 1974 when he walked out to the helicopter for the last time. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are really stunned by the incompetence of the Biden administration. Even if they, uh, you know, voted for him, they just cannot believe that when every time he has a chance to uh, take a decision, make a choice in the direction, he goes the wrong direction. And that's worse up here on Capitol Hill, even worse than what you see out of the Biden administration, because Speaker Pelosi is just held hostage, essentially, by the far left in the political party. And that is the dominant Uh, source of votes for her over in the Democratic side of the aisle. So we voted on things about uh, reaffirming gay marriage. Well, the Supreme Court's done that, but they're using the the Dobbs decision to stir up their base politically and try to threaten that any decision that the Supreme Court's made over the last hundred years or whatever is going to be suddenly reversed. Yep by this Supreme Court. And that's, of course, ridiculous. That isn't even how Supreme Court decisions are even made. And it shows ignorance, and it's just a political, uh, it's just really unfortunate. And it's, again, as you said, not speaking to the issues we need to be talking about, reigning in inflation, reigning in spending, making sure Ukraine has what it needs, securing the southwest border. These are the top issues of the day. All right. So, Congressman, we know we were at 9.1% on inflation on the cpi and then we looked at the ppi and we're at 10.3 that is a harbinger of what's going to be coming down uh, the pike because regular inflation on the consumer price index is going to go up as the cost of producing goods and services continue to go up looks like to me we're on our way to double digit inflation do you think that that's going to happen 
I think we're there now because I think the uh, the CPI, as we reported, and even core CPI, those things understate inflation, particularly in the in the housing area, which <laughs> which they say housing prices are up like five percent. Well, they're up like eighteen percent, you know, and uh, and so it's understated. So I'm afraid inflation is here, and I'm afraid it it could be getting entrenched. This is why the work that uh, the Federal Reserve is doing is so important to try to raise interest rates, tell people they're going to uh, work to stop any inflationary expectations. And the federal government on the fiscal side needs to stop spending money. And thanks to Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema over in the Senate, that's been a real uh, anchor to these spending programs that Joe Biden keeps throwing up uh, weekly. I just have a hard time believing a lot of these races are as close as they are uh, predicting them to be. I got to believe that the American people are smart enough to understand you got to get rid of the people that are are calling the plays if they're not working. I agree. Uh, And I think we see that Americans actually like divided government. They don't like unified government. I mean, here is unified government. The Democrats control uh, the Senate. They control the House and the White House. And we have chaos and nothing uh, being accomplished. And the decisions they are taking are bad. So, I mean, what is the obvious thing to do? Well, it's to counter that. And that's why I think we'll win the House back this fall, have a voice for conservatism and a different direction in the House. And uh, if we uh, work hard and our candidates work hard, uh, maybe we can take the Senate back. And if we do, we then have in the legislative branch really a co-equal ability to counter the Joe Biden agenda for the last two years in his administration and get him back focused on the things the Americans care about. Yeah, let's hope that that, that's the case. I do believe that when we get to October and people are really zeroing in on the November election, that in some of these uh, close races we're going to see a bigger separation in the candidates uh, when people get ready to go to the polls last question for you i got about a minute and a half uh your thoughts on the uh, president's middle east trip well i think he burned more fuel flying over there than he came back with a deal from saudi arabia (laughs) that's number one uh, I mean, that's good. It just was it was ridiculous. Um, now, uh, he got an earful both in Jerusalem from his our friends, the Israelis and in Riyadh, the Saudi Arabians, about his playing footsie with the Iranians. Yes, he and, did. Uh, so I think he once again was told why the two years he spent working on that are not smart, not uh, keeping with the safety of the American people. So anyway, the trip was uh not successful. One kernel of hope, uh, the Saudi Arabians uh, did agree to take a step toward better relations with Israel, and so that's good. That is good. All right, we'll let you go, Congressman. Thank you so much for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. Thanks, Dave. All the best. All right. Congressman uh, Hill, of course, joins us every Wednesday, gives us his thoughts about what's happening in Washington, D.C., votes that are going on, uh, you know, important subject matter and you know they can vote the democrats can vote on uh gay rights and abortion rights and all the rest of it but i'm going to tell you what i'm more inclined to believe that the american voter right now is really concerned about how much it's costing to fill up your tank 
and how much it's costing to go to the grocery store where you get three bags of groceries now and it's like 45 bucks when not more than a year ago you know it was like thirty dollars i mean it just keeps on going up it's not going to go down here that i see any time in the foreseeable future when you're up you know, producer price index is at uh, double digits, and you're almost in the double digits on the consumer price index. Uh, that's not a very good-looking future that we're looking at. All right, let's get a break. Bill O'Reilly's up, and then Congressman Westerman. All right, we'll be talking with Congressman Westerman in just a moment. I want to talk to him about uh, how things are looking uh, the Senate evidently looks like they're ready to pass this uh, chip bill uh, I think about 52 billion dollars to try to address uh, China and uh, other countries who are controlling uh, the chips that we're using in our machinery and cars and things of that nature Uh, but if it's passed over in the Senate which I expect it will be, it's going to have to to go uh, with uh, the committee so uh, the Democrats and the the congressmen and the senators can get together and and merge these two bills that are out there uh, together. So let's start our our, uh, discussion off with Congressman Westerman about this. That was a big move yesterday uh, by the... uh, the Senate moving towards okaying this bill dealing with chips, uh, uh, Congressman. But there's a, a lot of differences between the House bill and the Senate bill, and now you guys are going to have to hammer out those differences. Yeah, and it's uh, – I don't know how much you may have talked to French about that if he was home with you earlier, but there's a, there are a lot of details beyond the, uh, the headline in this story. Uh, you know, this was part of what was called the Competes Act. Mm-hmm. That um, sounds good until you get Democrat policy mixed in with it, and uh, it was they figured out they weren't going to be able to get the Competes Act done, and so they stripped this very important component out on chips. And I'm not sure where they got to in the in the Senate yesterday. But there's also a huge underlying problem with what they're doing with that bill. And it's, a, it's what I call a shell game that the Democrats are doing right now. Uh, they're taking a bill that everybody acknowledges we need. We need to figure out how to get more microprocessors built in the United States. Taiwan is the place where the, the high-end ones are made. Uh, it's... I've, I've had briefings that said that if, if China were to uh, invade Taiwan, you could cause a, a global uh, depression because of what would happen on chips. We've got way too many uh, eggs in one basket on chips in Taiwan, and, and possibly the only way Taiwan could avoid uh, a Chinese takeover would be to go in and sabotage those chip plants. Because they're, they're so critical to basically everything around the world. So we, we need to be building more chips here. You know, if you drive by an automobile dealership and you see there's not any cars on the lot, it's because they can't get the chips to put in the cars 
uh, and trucks to get them out to the dealership. So it's an important issue that I don't think anybody denies. Uh, but what the Democrats have done is they said, okay, we're going to make this a mandatory spending program. And I, I, I think the number's 200 and something billion dollars. Uh, what that does is it would have been a discretionary spending program. So they, they move the money to mandatory and it lowers the cap or creates gap in the caps on discretionary spending so they can go in and stick all this other money in discretionary spending and you're just raising the debt even more and you're doing it with mandatory spending which has no uh, real checks and balances on it. Plus, you, uh, you may have read this, uh, Speaker Pelosi's husband just bought about $5 million yeah. of uh, chip stocks. So that raises some flags uh, to me. Uh, and this is this would be a, it'll, it'll pass. The Senate passes it and it comes back to the House. It'll, it's the reality is it's probably going to pass. Uh, but it's going to be this massive grant program that, uh, you just you get the grant and you build a chip factory and um, you're going to make a ton of money off of it because all your capital you used to build the chip factory with with government money uh, that uh, my understanding is wouldn't even have to be paid back. So wow, I it, hadn't heard that. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm saying it sounds good until you start getting into the details, um, and it it. It's a program that we should use to, or we should figure out how to get more chips built in the United States. And these things are valuable. Now, why somebody's not, well, actually people are building chip plants here right now, but why it would take a, a government handout to build chip factories here, uh, maybe there's something I don't understand about it, but these things are in such demand and they're so important, you would think people would be building them. Uh, as fast as they could, but um, you know, you you've got an administration that wants to put roadblocks in front of uh, you know they're progressive until it's progressive in the idea of, of building an economy and building the country. But uh, I'm not sure if I told you this story. I was meeting with a company and uh, that's building an LNG export facility and. They needed to hire 3,000 workers to finish the project. They got about 2,000 on site. And uh, FERC, which is a federal permitting agency, told them they couldn't put more workers on site because there would be too much uh, tailpipe emissions from their vehicles when they were on the parking lot. Uh, I'm not sure I trust the, the federal government in doling out grants to help build things that are going to make the country better. Yeah, I understand. I also hear that there's a, a Green New Deal component to this piece of legislation. Are you are you familiar with that? Uh, the CHIP legislation? Yes. Well, I don't know the details on it. The bigger the bigger bill it was in, the Compete Act, it had a a large Green New Deal component to it. Now, every bill that passes in the House anymore seems to have some kind of a a green new deal component to it uh you know when aoc and her squad aren't aren't faking their arrest uh they're they're pulling pretty hard to the left on uh 
all this radical climate stuff and uh, and their Green New Deal proposals. And, you know, the Biden administration is they're complicit to it. And, you know, we are where we are right now because of that. All right. So since we're talking Green New Deal, I guess uh, the president's talking about signing some executive action about uh, our climate is dangerous. And they're making the statement that uh, 16 of the hottest days in 20 states uh, here in, in the last couple of weeks. You know what? It's summertime. It gets hot during the summertime. Yeah, and Dave, you know, they talk about science, and they, they totally ignore the science. They not only totally ignore science, they ignore math as well. Um, Secretary Buttigieg uh, came to our Transportation and Infrastructure Committee yesterday, and uh, he was talking about how, you know, we need to have half of the vehicles sold by 2030, need to be electric vehicles, and, you know, too bad if they cost more. And um, you know, basically, too bad if uh, if if gasoline's higher right now, and you can't, and you're low income, and you can't afford to buy gas and buy groceries at the same time. He didn't seem to care about that, but he's making all of this argument based on climate. And uh, I got the question, even figured out, you know, he's pretty much a doofus when it comes to understanding <laughs> science and math on on climate. He. The, the Democrats are telling this lie that electric vehicles are going to save the world, and all I'm asking them to do is the math. The U.S. makes 15% of greenhouse gas emissions. Transportation is 27% of that, and passenger vehicles are only a fraction of that. So we're going to turn our world upside down uh, in the name of the climate to reduce global greenhouse gas emissions by less than 1%. That's what all of this is about. And so they're using greenhouse gases and climate as a red herring to push some agenda that I'm finding out more and more is being uh, pushed by Wall Street because they want new gadgets to invest in. And uh, they're so disconnected. Uh, the Buttigieg was talking about building a domestic um, industry around electric cars. Well, I go through hearings every week where all Democrats want to do is shut down domestic mining. You can't permit new projects uh, because of the regulatory agency. So uh, I don't know if they just don't know, if they don't communicate, or if they're just living in la-la land. But uh, they're not helping the environment, and they're certainly not helping the economy. Um, and I don't know that they want to help the economy, but they claim they want to help the environment, but they're doing nothing to help that. They're making it worse. Yeah, I I hope everybody's listening closely to some of the points that you're making here, that you have them saying that they want to, you know, put all this money into electric cars, but they don't want to allow us to go in and uh, mine uh, the components that we need to build those cars and to build the batteries. I mean, even if we had all of the the internal things that we need for those batteries, most of them are being built in China right now. Yeah. Uh, the, once you mine the, the minerals, a lot of that's being shipped to China where they refine it, uh, and then they make the – they not only make – uh, batteries. They make solar panels. They make 
the components for windmill. Uh, China's making out like a bandit, uh, making this stuff that our government keeps trying to, to force. And uh, this is a, a fact that um, the Democrats don't want to talk about. In order to have the electricity to make all this stuff that we're telling them we need, China built 38 gigawatts of coal-powered plants last year. So they, they built a huge coal-fired plant every week. They were starting up one a week, and they're projected to do that for several years. Um, they don't care about the climate. China produces more than twice of the greenhouse gas emissions that the United States produces. Um, so we're going to convert all of our passenger vehicles to electric cars and offset less than 1% of the greenhouse gas emissions, and that's supposed to solve the climate problem. Uh, it's just, it doesn't add up. It's a weak argument that they've said it so long and they've got people scared. And, of course, every time we have a hot day, they tell you that climate change, which uh, that's called weather. Uh, <laughs> climate changes over over decades and millennia. Um, and I, I don't deny the fact that we're putting more carbon in the atmosphere and we should be good stewards of our environment and take care of it. But quit politicizing everything and making it something that it's not. Well, they need to they need to quit pretending as though if China produces, you know, twice as much uh, pollutants, if you want to call them that, into the atmosphere, that somehow it just sits over China. It doesn't go anywhere else. We'll be right back. we got to get a quick break in here, Congressman, and I'd like to come back and ask you about the President's Middle East trip and your takeaways from it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Pat Davis. He wants to save you money on your health insurance, 30 to 50%. That's a lot of money when you add it up over the course of the year. I just ask you to take a take out your calculator on your cell phone and and uh, tap in those numbers and see what you can save from getting a thirty to fifty percent drop in your health insurance. And on top of it, how about if I tell you about no copays that you'll not have any copays anymore. Uh, Pat Davis can do that for you. And then I know a lot of you have seen the same thing that I have, and that is that uh, your deductibles continue to go up, and then your insurance payments slow up about how they're going up. But why have the best insurance, health insurance plan in the world if you can't touch it until you have the ability to out of your own pocket to pay deductibles of six, eight, or ten thousand dollars a year. You may not even touch your health insurance at that point. You need to talk to Pat about this. Let him uh, tell you the sunny side that he can give you about your health insurance by calling him 501 605 6935. 501 605 6935 or visit him online he's known as your health plan man just type in your health plan man one word dot com all right back with uh, of course congressman bruce westerman here on the dave ellswick show uh 
I know that he's been thinking a little bit about that president's Middle East trip that happened here just recently. Anything that you took away from it, uh, Congressman, or questions that you have about it? Uh, Yeah, my big question is why? Why did he go there? Um, who, Who was it that came up with this brilliant idea to send the president of the United States who called um, MBS, the, the prince there, called him a pariah. And why did he fist bump the guy? It's like, hey, bro, I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, <laughs> nice to catch up. You know, the, the guy, he he literally called him a pariah. Yeah, he did. He made all these campaign promises about what he's going to do. Why go to OPEC, negotiate with a cartel for oil supply, which... You know, the administration's finally figured out the problem is supply. That's what's causing prices to go up. If it wasn't for the uh, restrictions in China right now that's causing a little bit of easing on demand, uh, we would see prices even higher, but that's probably going to happen when uh, they come out of their lockdowns. But why go to OPEC? Why go to Saudi Arabia? Now they're talking about, you know, using the Iran deal to maybe be able to get more oil out of Iran to ease supply. Why not go to Texas or Alaska or Pennsylvania? Why not go to North Dakota? Why not talk to American energy producers? Why not tell the the woke people on Wall Street to keep their nose out of, uh, out of the energy business and produce this energy domestically where it's cleaner, doesn't take as much energy to transport it, um, creates American jobs, keeps American wealth in America, allows us to help our allies in Europe by shipping natural gas over there. Why not approach it from that standpoint? So my, my big question to the Biden administration is, is why, and I don't think they've got a good answer for it. Well, did you see the uh, prime minister of Israel school the president about Iran? I mean, he schooled him at, at a press conference. The president was talking about how he sees diplomacy as the answer to the problem in Iran. And the prime minister of Israel looked him right dead in the eye and just said, hey, they don't listen to diplomacy. They only know force. And do we have a military option that we can put on the table and say, if you continue what you're doing, we're going to have to resort to this? He said, they'll at that point, start listening. Yeah. Well, you know, the uh, the Israelis have a lot of political conflicts, but one thing they're very united on is their their defense. And, you know, when they look back at the, the history of what happened to their people, uh, you take the most conservative and the most liberal in the Israeli government, and that's what you've got right now in their coalition government. But they still... Um, unite behind how to keep Israel safe, and they know that Iran is not a friend. They're not our friend. They, they call Israel the little Satan and the United States the big Satan. Yeah. And nothing's changed on that. So, again, I'm, I just, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised anymore, but when the Biden administration starts putting out talkers about how, you know, maybe the uh, going back to the Obama era Iran nuclear deal will free up some Iranian oil to help uh, ease the supply uh, pressure here. I, uh, 
makes me beside myself, Dave. Well, makes me get beside myself because I start wondering how many pallets of money and uh, precious stones and, and cash that we'll be leaving over there again in the near future. Congressman, I thank you very much for joining us today. And thanks for explaining that whole chip uh, piece of legislation. We'll keep an eye on it, and we'll probably have time to talk about it next week as well. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you, Dave. Bye-bye. All right. Congressman Bruce Westerman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up at uh, 9 o'clock when I'll be rejoining you here on the Dave Ellswick Show, uh, we're going to talk about the mayor of Little Rock. And uh, I have a guest on who's done some FOIA uh, work, and he's got the necessary uh, government papers to prove uh, what he's saying about how much the mayor is paying for his own uh, personal uh, safety, like about $700,000. Seven, you heard it right, $700,000. There were two murders last night uh, in Little Rock. And uh, we've got a crime problem in in this city, and it's got to be dealt with. And $700,000 of that uh, for that, for, for protection, is ridiculous. All right, a break. I'll see you at 9, back here on the Dave Ellswick. I've been telling you since uh, early yesterday that you did not want to miss this hour. You did not want to miss this hour because we're going to talk about the mayor of uh, Little Rock and some very interesting figures I heard about. And I got a hold of the person who who put these figures together, and he happens to be a person who knows how to do FOIA. He And you, you'll want to know this, uh, uh, Robert. He read your book all right he, he read your book talking to robert steinbach because i know he's listening to the show today as well but uh, jimmy cavin is with me in the studio today and uh, we're going to talk about uh, frank scott and how much money he's spending for personal protection look we had two more murders last night in little rock it's a dangerous dangerous city it's ranked in the top 10 most dangerous cities in the United States. Uh, two cities that are fairly close. Uh, Pine Bluff is number four, and number one is Memphis. Uh, so it is a regional problem, I guess. It's not just a, a, a city problem uh, for Little Rock, but something has got to give. Something has got to happen. And uh, what Frank Scott's figured out is that, hey, Wherever I go, I'll have personal protection. I'll be driven everywhere that I go. I'll, I'll be picked up at my front door in the morning and delivered to my front door at night. I'm going to let uh, Jimmy talk about all of this with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So lean into your radio. 
or, uh, you know, look closely at uh, your Facebook and listen in to what what Jimmy has uncovered. And, you know, more and more uh, citizens can do this on their own if they want to take the time to do it. I mean, you, there's no reason to be ignorant about any of this stuff with FOIA requests that you can get uh, from local government officials. So, Jimmy, let me just ask you, what made you want to turn your attention to Frank Scott and his, uh, you know, quote, protection crew that he's got? I, uh, I'm, I'm very involved with the Little Rock Police Department and police departments across the state. Okay. I'm avid law enforcement supporter. Good. And uh, what got me started on his detail is, an, and actually I wanted to do this a while before in times past, I just now got to it because it became such uh, such more of a topic. It started with Little Rock police officers contacting me and saying, hey, Jimmy, this isn't right. This isn't right. We were putting these resources to to the mayor when he doesn't need them, and we could be putting those resources back into the department. We could be putting those resources back into buying patrol cars, technology, continuing education, programs. And so really what it was is Little Rock police officers coming to me and saying, hey, what can you do? What can you find out? And so that's when I started digging in. And what I found was to to a lot of the people that really know, like Little Rock police officers and people, what I found is it's not shocking to them. Uh-huh. But I think it's shocking to the average individual. Like me. Yes. All right. Because <laughs> when I heard this, I said, no, that can't be true. And and they said, no, you need to talk to Jimmy about this. And I said, okay. And, uh, you know, I did a little checking and found out that he had done the FOIA work. And I heard that figure again. Nobody was was uh, stuttering or anything. And so, is it true? $700,000? Well, actually, this year it's on pace, on pace to be – Seven hundred to nine hundred thousand. Okay, on pace for just this year. Now, what I did is um, I started the request back on May eighteenth, and true to form. Now, now I will say this: LRPD's FOI division is really good. And uh, Sergeant Demika Davis, I want to t- tell you right now, I sent FOI requests for her, and she is extremely professional. She's a wonderful officer, and she does her job. She follows the law. Is yes, what you're saying. exactly. Okay, thank exactly. you. Exactly. The the problem you run into in those situations is the people that are you send the foi request to is they're relying on other people to give them information they can't give you what they what the other people won't give right so basically i started that on may 18th in the process and it was june 27th before i really got uh the the answers that we were looking for it was it was kind of like dodgeball of course, and uh, and they don't want you to know this. No, stuff. sir. No, sir. And I will also say also that I talked to the city attorney Tom Carpenter quite often on the FOI request. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> and and I will say one thing: Tom has always been very professional, and uh, he's he follows the law. He's to me, he's never been biased on anything, and uh, he's been good to work with. Okay, so I want to say that and. Uh, the problems you run into is other city department officials. Uh, when you start getting over to HR, the mayor's office, HR, and then finance is where the the webs get really tangled. 
Yeah, well, you got people who their job is to protect the mayor. Right, right. All and right. Uh, and they frankly don't follow the law in doing that. And they try to uh, they try to to use tactics that hide information, uh, misleading, and things like that. But you know, if you're patient, if you're patient, then you can put the pieces together. Okay, so your the the paperwork that you have right now takes us from when to when. Uh, actually, the, p- the paperwork I have is takes us from when Frank Scott was elected mayor in 2019. Through April of 2022. Okay, this year. All yes, right. sir. And what I found was in 2019, seven different officers were assigned to his security detail. In 2020, uh, that dropped to five officers. But in 2021, that escalated to eight officers. Okay. Now, here's here's the one that stands out. In 2022, from January 1st uh, through April, that increased to 13 officers. Any reason why? Well, the reason that I can come up with is, is common sense. It's an election year, and there's campaign events. Okay. And so all the campaign events that uh, Frank Scott goes to, or all functions he goes to where he's actually campaigning, he has his security detail with him, just like when he goes to the Bar 1836 right over here by Dillard's. And uh, when he goes there in the evenings, his security detail takes him there. He can go in and, I guess, have a few drinks or whatever, and then his security detail chauffeurs him home. And so anywhere he goes, he's got that security detail. Now, that's what you're doing is you're taking actual officers. Now, the, the they set this up when this all began, uh, when he became mayor. Uh, interim Chief Bewley, who's now interim chief, who who I like, um, he sent the mayor a, a, a memo recommending he get a security detail, which everybody was like. What are you talking about? No Little Rock mayor has ever had a security detail. And all of a sudden, this letter comes up. So Frank Scott at the time said, well, it's on the recommendation of Little Rock Police Department that I'm doing this. But to this day, well, I guess not to this day, to last week, because I hadn't asked today. But the LRPD can produce no record of threat made against Frank Scott. Okay. None. So, to me, that letter was probably a forced letter. Okay. And, you know, I've said about the mayor, so I'll say it today. You know, it's like playing rock star, but playing rock star doesn't make you one. And so when I started looking into the numbers, I said, okay, so in 2019, he had uh, seven officers assigned. By the totals they gave me, now, here again, I want to make clear, these aren't my numbers. These are the numbers given to me by the city. Okay. Uh, so in 2019, uh, first I'm going to give you the overtime. The additional hours in 2019 was added up to $18,867. Okay. From the numbers I've got, the total for 2019 was $435,654. Good God. Now, in 2020, it stands to reason that dropped, because if you remember the number of officers 
uh, assigned in, t- in 2020 went from seven to five. So in 2020, the math I come up with off their numbers is $326,730. Now, this is COVID time. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, in 2021, we see an increase. Of course, we saw an increase in number of officers uh, assigned to his uh, uh, security detail to eight officers. So then uh, we end up with uh, $529,507. Okay. Now, in 2022, in four months, by their numbers – You've got 13 different officers that have been assigned from January through April of this year. That total in that four-month period is $323,982. Now, <clears throat> the overtime totals, if, like say if you look at 2019, it was $18,867 in 2020, $18,907 in 2021, Dropped to sixteen thousand and two dollars, but in twenty twenty two, in four months, the overtime went to thirty thousand seven hundred eighty three dollars. Okay. So in a four month period, in overtime alone, you practically doubled what you did in twelve month periods the previous years. The the jump on the overall total, uh, uh. Jumps to that three twenty three hundred twenty three thousand nine hundred eighty two number. So if you look at the cost from two thousand nineteen through April twenty two, you're looking at uh, a little over one point six million dollars. Yeah, that's I'm just adding it together yes. as, you, as you're telling me. It's a million six hundred and thirteen thousand yes, dollars. And if you continue conceivably the pace he's on. Right now, you could conceivably get reached between seven hundred nine hundred thousand dollars just for this year. Okay, so that would be around another, say, four hundred thousand dollars yet, which would bring you over to over two two million dollars. Yes, sir. Very easily. Very wow. easily. Two million dollars for one, two, three, four, four years. Yes, sir. It's and ridiculous. It's it's very ridiculous. The average salary range that the officers assigned. Uh, is from $56,117 a year to $75,337 a year. And the average salary of the uh, of the uh, officers assigned, the 17 total over the years, is $68,117 per officer. Now, if you look at that as far as a resources standpoint, uh, one of the biggest problems in, in the FOP, I'll tell you this, and a lot of officers will too, is vehicles. Okay. okay. Now, granted, the staffing is up at LRPD. You know, I'm going to contend it's because we're just putting bodies out. Anybody can hire. I mean, it's just what are we hiring? And the staffing was down, but now he, he likes to talk about how, hey, we're staffing up and everything. But, yes, but if you talk to officers at LRPD, especially senior officers or officers of high rank or officers that have retired to high rank that have been doing this for a long time, they're going to tell you, that the acceptance of officers to the academy has really changed in what the quality they're looking for. And that's not demeaning anybody that's gone to the academy, okay? It's just the standard is so much lower. And so if we're just putting bodies on the street and we're we're not getting the top-notch ones, 
then it's then it's then it's a problem. Now with the vehicles, one of the biggest concerns at LRPD is patrol vehicles, and this resources it's a constant problem. You know, if one one breaks down or something, it doesn't necessarily get replaced. If one gets totaled out, it doesn't necessarily get replaced. And it's a constant problem to have the number of vehicles necessary, and it gets to a point where I'm told by senior officers in, in, uh, uh, that that officers sometimes have to double up. Instead of two officers being out on patrol separately, they're doubled up. Right. I've had accounts of officers even been told, that, hey, can you take a vacation day because we don't have a vehicle for you. That kind of thing. Those resources could also be spent on technology. Uh, you know there have been there have been true reports that there are a lot of cameras that the PD operates throughout the city that are actually not operating because of lack of payment on the bill. So we've got cameras that you've got cameras in Little Rock that while you see the camera, they're actually not recording. It'd be nice if perhaps they take some of this money that uh, the mayor is using for his personal protection, pay bills. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and absolutely and. Uh, continuing education, weapon detection technology. There's, oh my God, that you think about the staggering amount of money and where it could go. And what I made the point, not last night, but the week a week ago at the Little Rock board meeting, I brought this up and it didn't sit well with the mayor at all. And well, what I made the point. Okay, the mayor, sure. but the mayor, it didn't sit well. No, sir. How about the city council? I, the city council never really says anything. And yeah, but you can read faces. I can read were faces. They, were they a little bit stunned by the amount of money? Some don't. Fr- some frankly don't care. Okay. And some would probably think it's just fine, and then some are actually stunned, and some already know it's a problem. It's just and yeah, and, you want to take on the mayor, right? And you know what I said to the mayor, and this is a true statement, and I think it resonated and made a lot of people. Some people thought it was spot on and made the okay, mayor mad. hold on sure all right i gotta get a break here. sure you go right in stay with <laughs> us there's a lot coming up i mean 1.6 million between january of 2019 and april of 2022 1.6 million dollars for the quote personal you know uh security of the mayor of little rock we got more to talk about on this and uh, our guest is jimmy cavan He's done the legwork. I'm just letting him come on and be the messenger to you. Hillcrest Designer Jewelry wants you to know they're ready to help you out. Uh, they do it all. Custom designs, repairs, uh, wedding and engagement rings. Uh, you bring in an estate sale about, amount of jewelry, and, and Eric Coleman, the owner, will look at it. He'll give you an appraisal on it. You can either take cash if you want him to buy it from you, or he'll let give me like 20% more on top of it and let you buy stuff out of his display cases. All of that can happen at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Here's what you need to do. Stop by. They're at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E, here in Little Rock. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. I've known Eric for years, and uh, he's an artist. This guy is the real deal. You want something made custom made you'll make a custom and it'll look beautiful and secondly if you need a, an engagement set he can save you about 20 percent off of any jewelry store here in the city and that can 
end up being thousands of dollars. Be nice to save that money, put it in the bank, and and when you get married, go out on your honeymoon and have a little extra money to to spend. If you want to stop by and have a personal meeting with him, 501-246-3655. Use the the, the jewelry store that's the best. It's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. (laughs) That we want to do here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But our, our guest is Jimmy Cavan, and Jimmy is one of those guys that uh, politicians hate. I'll just let you know, they hate him. <laughs> and the reason being, he knows how to use FOIA. Politicians hate FOIA because it, it forces them to be transparent. And I don't know a politician alive, for the most part, that wants to be transparent. And uh, Jimmy is going in and digging this information up, and he's bringing it to you. Now, he didn't come to me. I went to him. I, I happened to hear this through the grapevine uh, from my sources, and it made me call Jimmy up, and I said, you got to come on the show. And he said, okay, I'll be, I'll be happy to come <laughs> on. All right, so we're, we're talking about the money that's been spent over three years and four months for the mayor's uh, security forces. It comes up to about one point six million dollars now understand if i got this right if i'm wrong you correct me up until this point no other mayor has ever had a security force that's correct that's correct no other no other little rock mayor i know no mayor in arkansas period but no no little rock mayor has ever had this okay and he says well i got a a number from the the assistant chief or whatever he says i should have one but you contend that that was written probably under duress. Oh, I, I 100% believe that. I mean, who, who, why would that letter be written? There's no reason for that letter to be written. Because there's been no no, no uh, challenges to the mayor, and he's had no threats made against him. Like I say, as, as, a, as of last week, uh, LRPD can produce no record of threat made against the mayor. And uh, there's... So there is absolutely no reason for him to have a security detail. Okay, we're going to hold it right okay. there. we got to get uh, into some local news. Let's do that. Had a couple murders overnight here in Little Rock. What a big surprise. Uh, we'll get back to Jimmy when we return. All right, back with you. We are talking with Jimmy Cavan today. Here's what I also know about Jimmy Cavan. The people in power, oh, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, he's just a troublemaker. He's crazy, blah, blah. And when I start hearing things like that, I know I got somebody that I want to have on the air. And I got you. Because here's the key. They'll, they'll say those things, but he does he does what he's supposed to do. He does his due diligence. He, get, he follows, uh, well, he kind of follows the money. That's ba- basically what FOIA lets you do now. And he brings it out and... You know, cockroaches don't like don't like the sun. No, they don't like light, and he he spreads light around. And I I just want to tell you, I appreciate the work you do because you don't charge a penny for this, do you? No, sir, I don't make any money doing this. And matter of fact, it costs me money. And my wife at all the time teases me says, you know, if you're going to do this, can you at least get paid? <laughs> at least to cover the overhead. Yeah, that's, that's what right. you're saying. So, you know. I understand. My wife tells me the same thing at times, but. You know, Jimmy, you made a statement to me off off air that's so true. And you said, I do this because 
you know, basically right is right and wrong is wrong, and I I don't want to watch wrong be out there and nobody challenging it. Yes, sir. In in what I what I try to do is is people come to me because they're frustrated, and when I say this, it's kind of a joking deal, but I I, I tease and bill myself as a professional bully fighter. <laughs> and but people will come it's to me. True. <laughs> and uh, but people come to me like these officers in different situations, or or people that are being. Uh, bullied by government officials or, or politicians or, or, like in this case, uh, on these wrong things, and they can't say anything. They can't do anything. They don't have the resources and they don't have the ability. If they do, they'll be retaliated against viciously. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I try to do is when they come to me, I try to stand up for them. And, in you know, the the in these officers – that I'm talking about, if if they came forward with this, they'd be gone, or their life would be made so miserable, uh, because that administration is just, and, and Keith Humphrey was too, was just known for retaliation, and they would grind these people up in the hamburger meat and not lose a minute of sleep about it. But one of the things that I upset Frank at at the meeting when I addressed this is I brought up, you know, some realities, and... When I said this, it it really upset him, but I think it needed to be said. You know, not long ago, there's a little seven-year-old girl, Chloe Alexander, who was gunned down going to the Little Rock Zoo. Okay, yeah, all right, going to the zoo, gonna have a great day, family day, go to the zoo and everything. She was gunned down. She didn't have a security detail. She didn't have Little Rock police officers assigned to her. She wasn't being driven in a secure SUV. And so what I said to Frank straight to him is I said, you know, I said to City Boy, I said, apparently the value of her life didn't rank with Frank Scott's. Ooh. And I told him, I said, you guys need to think about that. That's an, that's in your face kind of stuff. Well, it's because it's true. If you look at, especially, t- I'll take domestic violence victims, Okay. Um, you can a domestic violence victim can file an incident report. You know, say a woman gets really assaulted by her husband or boyfriend or something like that, and she she's assaulted very badly. Okay, she can file the report, and they're going to arrest the person. And the reality is, they're going to run over here to the county jail. They're going to process, and, and the person's walking out. And so at that point, you say, okay, you can go to the prosecutor and have a order of protection, get the judge to issue an order of protection, and that's true. You want to know something? I've yet to find a piece of paper that stops a bullet. That's it. That's it. That's exactly right. And so you can do that, but – and this is not the LRPD's fault or any police department's fault – but they can't guard you. That's correct. Twenty four seven. You remember the story about the woman over in Conway was at the fast food restaurant. Yes, sir. She taken out, uh, uh, you know, the, one of these forms, and her boyfriend showed up behind her mm-hmm. in the in the in the line, got out of the car with a gun and shot her. Yes, yes, sir. And and the so your your point is is exactly right and the point that I'm making you can get an order of protection okay and you can get a no contact order okay and at the end of the day you can blow your nose in it cuz yeah. that's about what it's worth because that's not going to protect you so my deal is why does Frank Scott there are people that face legitimate threats every day in this city 
real threats of violence where people threaten say i'm going to hurt you and they mean it right and there are people that face those realities every day why does frank scott's value life any more than theirs why is his 1.6 million today and little chloe's was zero Mm -hmm. uh why didn't why didn't little chloe have a have a nice suv to travel around in and so what about all these domestic violence victims what's their protection worth compared to frank scott what value does he put on them because he certainly puts value on himself the interesting thing about this is because the information is so hard to get because there's a division called special investigations division okay with lrpd and that's that's designated as undercover well his detail basically they set it up under SID. Oh, they folded it in with yes, them. Sir. Okay. So, and not that I want the officers' names, but you can't get any information, and so it's hard to get information like the vehicle. Okay. Uh, the uh, Frank's got a very nice Tahoe that cost the city a lot of money. Well, that vehicle actually, at the time when he t- did this, actually was assigned to the captain at SID. Well, they wanted that Tahoe. So, boom, it's taken away mm-hmm. from the SID division and given to Frank. And you can't even get the vehicle identification number. So you don't know vehicle. if it's armored or anything, no, right? you can't get any information on that vehicle because if it's designated being an SID, it's exempt under the Arkansas Freedom of Information Act. Now, the question rises, why does, why does this have to go under SID? Why is it just not under patrol mm-hmm. where you can get all this information? There's no, of course, there's no reason for him to even have security detail. But Nobody why, else has ever had one. No. But why, why put it under SID? There's, this is not undercover operations. You know, the, the, the officers guarding Frank are not undercover. There's no reason for them to be undercover. And so that in itself is just a way to hide yeah. information. Yeah, they're playing the shell game. Sure, sure. And it, it it goes back into just what he was trying to say a week ago about he's he's spiking the football because he says he's got a 3% reduction. From a 17% increase. Right. And it's like he was spiking the football out. And I, I watched that press conference, and I thought – and then – when Assistant Chief Bewley got up and talked about homicides, you know, it really resonated with me. I said, you know, Frank Scott is talking about fantasy. When he's talking about, he, when he said, I want to make this, I want to say this, you know, we're safer today from violent crime than we were last year. And he said, let me say it again. We're safer today from violent crime than last year. Who believes that? Homicides are up thirty percent. Yeah, that's now. How do you make a statement? How do you make a statement like that? Maybe he's safer. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but go explain that to Chloe Alexander's family, or anybody here sure. in the city of of, uh, of Little Rock. The thing that got me going on crime happened several years ago. You know Benny Johnson, I'm sure. Yes, sir. Stopped the violence, and he's a good friend of mine. And I remember that a couple of gangbangers were out shooting up houses, and they killed a little girl in her bed. Yes, sir. Killed her in her bed. If there's one place you should be safe, it's in your own home. 
and they fired through her house and they struck her and killed her and it was at that point that i made it my my goal to uh, get the reality of what was going on in the city out and uh, i kept i kept asking questions about gang activity and nobody wanted to talk no. about it nobody wanted to talk about it you know when nobody wants to talk about it you know what it tells you there's a lot to talk about there's a lot to talk about so there, there there's a lot there and i and i and i can tell you the little rock police department before frank scott came along and before he hired keith humphrey was one of the one of the most accredited police departments worldwide mm-hmm. and they have that they they're one of the few that started their own academy back in the day because in they they really did it right, okay? And that has systematically been dismantled. So if you look back, if you look back to the 90s, you remember the 90s, okay? Bang crack, in your rock, crack. baby. Okay. How did that finally get taken care of when they told LRPD, go do your job? Mm-hmm. To do, now we're going to let you do your job. That's how bad it's got. They did their job. And that's what's cleaning up some of the violence that's going on now with this whole defund the police crap that they got going on. Uh, Some communities have gotten tired of it. It sounded pretty when they said Mm -hmm. it, but the reality of it is you become less safe because of it. Well, you've got people, and I'll use Little Rock as an example, and I'm not demeaning people in these areas, but you've got people that live in areas that really weren't having any crime problems. I'll give you an example. When you get up in the... uh, the heights and places like that uh, and, and people are driving in their cars and somebody fires her in their car eight right. times or whatever right it, i mean that'd get their attention well i'll take porch pirates for example okay that's another good one and uh you know used to a porch pirate would run up on your porch grab a package and run off mm-hmm. okay. now in hillcrest and heights they walk up to the porch they pick it up examine it even though they're on camera Examine it. Is this something I want? No, no. I'll go to the next house. Or yeah, I'll take that. And they walk off with it. Because here's the reality: if a Little Rock police officer pulled up while they were in that act, the Little Rock police officer would arrest them. Okay, but they're going to cite them and release them right there, and they're never going to do a day in jail. And they'll have a court date, which they probably won't go to. And even if they did, it's going to get pled down, and they're never going to do a day in jail. So why should a porch pirate run up and grab something? I actually nothing to worry about. Yeah. And but I think the crime is hitting in there is where, you know, there, there are so many people that live in the city where they're in an area where they're trapped. They have no options. I understand that they have no resources and. You know they're good people, and nobody's listening to and them. And nobody's listening to them. Like Mr. Johnson, Reverend Johnson, uh, you know he represents a large group of people that have nobody. They have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to turn. If they do make noise, then they're a target. Mm-hmm. And so nobody's really, and I, and I don't want to dog people, but nobody really pays attention to those folks and but they're when you say well that you know that's a bad area of town yes it is but there are good people that live in that area that's right that's right and it's and it's not fair to them but i think what's hitting people now is this crime has spread 
two areas. Where they say it's not supposed that. to happen here. I've always <laughs> said that. Get get on the other side of six thirty or four thirty, and all of a sudden things change. Sure. We'll, we'll come back. We'll talk and finish up with Jimmy Cavan, who's my guest uh, this hour. Some interesting statistics coming out about the mayor. How much money is being spent? on personal security forum and by the way he's the first mayor who's ever here in little rock had a security team all right we'll be back in a moment don't forget about east end towing they'll take good care of you uh arkansas towing recovery board check they belong to that license and insured tow operation check they got that i would never let anybody touch my car if they weren't licensed and insured and all of their trucks are permitted they got some they got most uh more trucks than uh, most of the tow companies around so you're talking time and time is money and they can get to you a lot quicker no matter the situation east end towing can handle it they've got the answers for you you can call them at 501 888 49. All right, let's finish up with our uh, discussion here with Jimmy Cavan. You've heard a lot today. You've learned a lot today. All of those figures that you heard are the figures from the Little Rock Police Department. Yes, sir. It's figures they gave me. And, and uh, the, uh, from the CFO's office and uh, from the CPO's office. And uh, those are the numbers that uh, actually were supplied by them who gave them to LRPD, who gave them to me. I even talked to uh, the CPO about the numbers because I want to make sure everything was correct. I told her, uh, Stacy Withrow, I said, you know, I want to make sure what I put out is factual. Mm-hmm. And so I had a conversation w- with her about it. Then I had a conversation with some other folks who had been at LRPD uh, in high positions. And uh, so I, I, I double-checked. And because I never know what numbers are they giving me, you're kind of going, okay, here again, not not numbers, theirs. So you always kind of question what are you getting? What are you getting? So I did. I, I gave uh, I gave Stacy a phone call, and she talked to me, and, and we went over some stuff. And I told her, I said, "Look, I just want to make sure I'm putting out, you know, factual information." And I didn't get any pushback. Mm-hmm. And so I said, "Okay, then I'm going to go." And uh, which th- the the numbers are truly shocking. Well, yeah, I'm I'm just looking at the first four months of 2022. All right, January through April. Uh, three hundred and twenty-three thousand uh, dollars and some change. Campaign year. Yeah, you know, Campaign. I I, I got to say it's you know when you hear me say and some change that mean it could be seventy eighty thousand right. dollars. All right, but I'm just giving you rounded off figures. Twenty nineteen four hundred and thirty five thousand dollars for seven officers. Twenty twenty five officers for three hundred and twenty six thousand dollars. 2021 for $529,000. That was eight officers. And now in the having the first four months, uh, January through April, it's 13 officers for a total of $323,000. 
Uh, so April, well, we've got May, June, July, August. So that'll be the next report that you'll get. Yes, sir. And if if it, and um, I'm hoping I get it, and I hope it doesn't take <laughs> as long. You might not after coming on the radio. You yeah, that. that's that's fine though. I'm not, you know, that, that's fine. I, I try to tell them when when they try to when and not just here, but across the state or anywhere, people think they they can just you know wait me out and they can't because i tell them i'm like country music i'm here to stay (laughs) (laughs) like old country music there you go the real deal stuff yes sir yes sir yeah like i said i appreciate you coming on i i I would just real quickly like to thank you because you know i can i can do this all day long but unless somebody like you provides an avenue for the people to hear it then i'm just talking to myself well i'm going to say something and it's going to make some of my friends angry but i haven't heard any of this on any of the tv stations here in little rock so what are you all doing that's that's actually an issue i'm about to take up then i'm going to start talking about because uh you know talking to some of these reporters and everything they're not they're just not they're on stand down and when it comes to frank scott and uh here's what he's here's what he's telling you because i've run into it so the reason i left news you got news directors that are what we call spiking a story you'll have a great story you got the back on it you got the information you got people who will even step up and will talk you know on air about it and they'll say we're not going to do that exactly that's called spike in a store quick example not long ago channel four did a story on sunday fun day and in, in saying is the police lrpd uh use of taxpayer money a, a good expenditure for taxpayer money on the, on the sunday fun day on the car stuff uh, they did a whole story on that is that a good use of taxpayer funds but they won't that's a drop in the bucket compared to this mm-hmm. and they won't touch this and so how can you do a story on that and talk about good use of taxpayer? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Come on, Craig. All right. Call you out. All right. <laughs> Call all you guys out. Oh, and all the, you know, I don't have as bad of a time with some of the reporters. They just come, some of them just coming out of college. All right. They, they haven't even, they haven't learned what to do to, to pursue a good story. Uh, I wish Jason Klein's wife was still working. All right, she was like a pit bull. Yes, sir. But that may be why she's not on. Maybe she decided to leave because it was too too much of a hassle with the people you had to deal with on this. Jimmy, it's been a pleasure. For it's been a pleasure. I'd We're really have you thank on you. some more. Yes, sir. I'd love to. We're going to do this. You you get it. You get the stuff together. You just let me know, and we'll talk about it here <laughs> yes, sir. on the Dave Ellswick Show. This King Scott as we call him here at the the Dave Ellswick Show, needs to answer why he has a security detail and a special car and the whole nine yards that through the first three and uh, four months of his uh, term as mayor has cost you, the taxpayer, $1.6 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of green. All right, let's take a break. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.